Let's turn to the book of Luke this morning, Luke chapter number one. Thank you for the music this morning, Luke chapter number one. And uh, this morning, I am going to uh, preach from the latter part of Luke chapter number one. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a preview of the message this morning, tonight, next Sunday morning, and next Sunday night. And uh, there are uh, four songs that I find in Luke chapter number one and Luke chapter number two. And this morning, we're going to look at one of these songs uh, of praise. And then tonight, we'll look at another one. And then next Sunday morning, we'll look at uh, another one. And then next Sunday night, Lord willing, and uh, we'll uh, bring a message on all four of these songs of praise that I find in Luke chapter number uh, one and Luke chapter number two. And uh, certainly, God's people should be a people of praise. And we should be praising the fact uh, that Jesus came, praising him, and certainly our life should be filled with praise. And I believe these will be a, a help and, a, and a, an encouragement, a blessing to us. Luke chapter number 1, we'll begin reading in verse number 68 of Luke chapter number 1, verse number 68. And the Bible says, well, look at, let's look at verse number 67, actually. Uh, and his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham." that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. Thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of a showing unto Israel. In verse number 67, we find that Zacharias, uh, filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, and then we read of that song of praise from verse 68 to verse 79. And verse 80 uh, tells us of the child being John the Baptist, uh, who was the son of Zacharias, uh, was uh, in the deserts till the day of his showing, till that day uh, when his purpose would be fulfilled and he would proclaim the coming uh, of the Messiah. This morning, I want us to look at verses 68 through 79 at Zechariah's song of praise. Zechariah's song of praise. There's much for us to be reminded at this time of the year when we put our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's much of us to be reminded uh, from this passage of Scripture. And often in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter number 2, our focus is on the birth of the Savior, uh, as rightfully it should be. But there's so many things in the background, if you will, uh, that remind us of who Jesus is, uh, why He came, and what you and I have in Christ. And this morning, I trust that we'll find some help from Zechariah's song of praise. Father, I pray this morning that you would... Help us as we look into this passage of Scripture. May the Spirit of God be our instructor today. May uh, He work in each and every heart. 
Uh, Father, I pray this morning that uh, once again we'll be reminded, as we already have been in the Sunday school hour, as we've been reminded with every song this morning, be reminded of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray if there's one in the service this morning or perhaps uh, watching by live stream, listening by radio, may uh, today they realize their need of salvation. May they call on the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, as a child of God, as the redeemed this morning, may we be reminded of who we have in Christ. May we allow these truths to work in our heart this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We look at the character Zacharias as we see in verse number 67. And it's important for us to understand Zacharias in his story in order for us uh, to really get uh, the, the, the context and the truths of which uh, he gives praise for. Zacharias was a priest uh, of the Lord and he had his priestly responsibilities. His wife's name was Elizabeth. And the Bible tells us at the beginning of this book of the Bible that uh, they were barren and Elizabeth had no children and could not have children. Uh, he was one day fulfilling his duties uh, when he was visited by Gabriel, the angel of the Lord. Now, there's a lesson right there. If life has not turned out the way you thought you, it, was, it was supposed to or how you wanted it to, just keep doing what it is that you know you're supposed to do along the way. And lo and behold, the angel of the Lord showed up where Zacharias was supposed to show up. And this isn't my message this morning, but I think it would be good for us to hear. There's a lot of times the angel of the Lord shows up, but we don't show up where we're supposed to show up. And therefore, uh, that work is not done in our life. But he was fulfilling his duties when he was visited by Gabriel. It's a, it's a fascinating story to read. I would encourage you to read it uh, later today. But as he reads it, you can imagine the fear that came over him. The priest's duties were, were very serious responsibilities. There were certain things that they, they had to do in a certain way. or Their life depended on it. That God would hold them accountable. And to be in the presence of the Lord and to see an angel there... That would probably be something that you and I would never forget either. He's fulfilling his duties when he was visited by Gabriel. Gabriel told him that he would have a son. Gabriel told him of his son's purpose. That son, John the Baptist, would be the forerunner of Christ. He would be the one who would announce the time has come. The Messiah is here. The Son of God is with us. What a Great responsibility. What a privileged uh, time this is to know that John would be that son. You think about Zacharias as he heard all of this. He is pretty much stunned, as you could imagine. It's a serious thing to fulfill those priestly duties. He's already in that mindset. Now here is Gabriel, the angel of God, who has appeared. It's enough that he sees the angel. Then the angel starts talking to him. It was enough to enter into the presence of God knowing how, the responsibilities that you had. And if you had not prepared rightly that your life would be taken from you, it is a serious matter to be doing these responsibilities. There's an angel there. The angel of God is now speaking to Zacharias. Can you imagine as his mind is trying to process all of this? And then not only does the angel speak, but he speaks of something 
that is very near and dear to his heart and to the heart of his wife Elizabeth. So you are going to have a son. And he's not just going to be any son. He's got a very specific purpose. He is going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. Zacharias's response would probably be, will probably be like yours and mine is. Because when Gabriel told him that, he said, whoa, we're old. How is this possible? We've never had a child, and now, what? and starts asking questions and giving excuses in those questions, if you will. Gabriel's response was very simple. It said, because you have questioned, you'll not be able to speak until this thing is done. Zacharias comes out in the scripture is, it's, it's so interesting, and those that were waiting outside of the temple and waiting for him to be done with the priestly duties, they, the Bible doesn't word like this, but basically they're saying, what is taking him so long? Is he in trouble? Is there something? And then when they came out and they saw his expression, they talked to him and he tried to explain what happened and he couldn't speak. The, the, those that were waiting said, there, something happened in there. He's seen a vision from the Lord. Oh, yeah, he saw a vision from the Lord. He lost his ability to speak at the, as Gabriel told him he would. Lo and behold, Elizabeth did conceive. And upon the birth of his son John, we find this praise. Think about this. When he had the encounter with the angel of the Lord, he fulfilled his priestly duties that season of responsibility that he had, and he went home. Elizabeth conceived, and now all this time later, the child is born. He has not been able to speak a word in all of that time. You say, what did he say? As soon as he got the ability to say, well, he confirmed that the boy's name would be John. And then what we find him saying, testifying, singing of, giving praise is in verse 68 through verse 69, our text this morning. I want to summarize this song of praise, if you will, with four different observations that I want to make this morning. Number one is the presence that fulfilled prophecies. We find the presence that fulfilled prophecies. Verse number 68, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. All those, we refer to them as the Old Testament prophets, those old prophets who would testify that one day, the Messiah is coming. One day a Savior will be born. One day, one that takes away the, the sins of the world. We've been looking at it in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, as he's prophesied that Emmanuel would come, meaning God with us. Those prophets had said he is coming, and now what does Zacharias 
confirmed. What does Zacharias praise the Lord for? That there is a presence that has come, that has fulfilled the prophets and the prophecies of the prophets. Who is that presence? Why, it's, it's, it's Emmanuel who's coming. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Son of God. It's the Messiah. He is coming with us. And friend, let me remind you that God personally visited man when the Lord Jesus Christ came. Boy, don't underestimate that God visited man. What is man that God would be mindful of him? We are but dust. We are fallen men. We are fallen creatures. And yet God in heaven loved us enough that he came in the form of his son to be with man. God personally visited. That's what Zacharias is testifying of. He is coming. He is going to be here. There's the presence Visited and redeemed his people. He was the fulfillment of prophecies, as we've already mentioned. Everything that this Bible said about the Lord that would happen, happened. It was the fulfillment of prophecies. Uh, say, Pastor, why do you bring it up? It's important for us to be reminded of that because that is confirmation that he, Jesus, is the Son of God. Jesus is and was and is God in the flesh. It was the fulfillment of what the Bible said. That gives me great confidence that I put my faith in the right one. I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. Matter of fact, He's the only begotten Son of God. He is the only one we can put our hope in. He's the only one we can put our faith in. He is God in the flesh. It's a fulfillment of prophecies. That is important for us to understand because we put our faith in Christ. We've got to know that he is the son of God. He is the the Messiah. He is the son of God. He is the lamb of God. He is salvation. And if he's the fulfillment of that prophecy, friend, there's still prophecies unfulfilled. And if these prophecies were fulfilled, you and I can have confidence that the prophecy... Prophecies yet unfulfilled. Well, I think of those Old Testament prophets and them testifying of the Son of God coming. And, of course, they were speaking what God told them. And as they would speak the word of God, and, well, obviously, they did not live to see the Messiah coming, but they believed he was coming. They prophesied he was coming They gave hope that he was coming. Friend, we find a fulfillment of this in the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, I think of the New Testament prophecies, if you will, of the fact that this same Jesus is coming again. This same Jesus who was born of a virgin, laid in that manger, came with the purpose of paying for the sin debt, friend, If he came first after the prophet said he would, you and I can have the same confidence that he's coming again to call us home. And friend, just as we should take notice of the first time he came, we should be on guard and alert in looking for the second time that he's coming. We have the fulfillment of the prophecies. We also find in these verses the purpose for his coming, the purpose was for salvation. He had visited and redeemed his people. Well, you think of the prophets that had testified, and 
Those prophecies had been hope for generations. One day he's coming. One day he's going to be with us. Oh, they couldn't go to Google and look these things up. They couldn't go to YouTube and pull up a documentary. They had the, the, the written what they had of the Word of God. Then they had the, the, the Bible stories, if you will, passed from one generation to the next so that that generation would know of the prophecies that had been done and in those difficult times, in the, in the bondage under this Roman Empire. Hey, hey, remember what has been told. Remember what has been promised. It had been hope. Hope is a powerful thing. Say, Pastor, we live in a world where there's just not a lot of hope. Friend, you and I have hope. We have hope in the same one named Jesus. Just as there was a time when man put their thought and focus on the hope that he's going to come, and we know that this fulfillment of that Bible prophecy, you and I have the same hope in Jesus, and that blessed hope, the second coming of Christ, we have the presence that fulfilled prophecies. Well, I imagine as all that time he couldn't say anything. Probably the best time in their marriage anyway, but, you know, he, could, he couldn't say anything. And oh, we had it all bottled up. How accurately could he communicate what the angel had told him? Oh, and it, there was a little bit of discrepancy about what the, what the name was going to be because John wasn't a family name. He's like, oh, his name's going to be John. Elizabeth said, oh, his name's going to be John because that came at the hand of God. Her name's going to be John. No, when he had a chance to speak, I wonder all those times when he would maybe lay down to go to sleep at night and he'd think about those old prophecies, how the fulfillment is at hand. The fulfillment's going to come. There's the presence that fulfilled prophecies. Number two, we find the possibility of a pardon. Look at me in verse 77 and verse 78. To give knowledge of salvation unto his people, notice these words, by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Notice those words, the remission of their sins. That word remission, very simply, is talking about a pardon of their sins. You and I could not remove our sins. Zacharias speaks of the fact, and Zacharias knew well as the priest, the sacrifices that he would make on behalf of the sins of the people. And that was a continual thing that had to be done. But there was one coming who could give a pardon. In the thought of a possibility of being pardoned for our sins. Friend, let me be just as pointed, as clear as I can be this morning. You and I are sinners. You and I have a sin problem. You and I have a sin nature. You and I, because of our sins, deserve one outcome, and that's spending an eternity paying for our sins in a horrible place called hell. The moment we commit that first sin, the moment we are brought into this world and we have that sin nature that begins to assert itself, 
our destination is one of doom. But there's a possibility of a pardon. Well, Pastor, couldn't I, couldn't I get some time off? Couldn't, couldn't I get into heaven? Couldn't I get, get, get forgiveness because of good behavior? No. What, what, what about uh, a, 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 can, can, I, can I work, do some things that would, that would possibly uh, absolve me of my sins? No. I mean, he was a priest and he had those priestly duties. Couldn't the priest give a pardon? No, the priest could not give a pardon. The priest had to make that blood sacrifice as a picture of the spotless lamb who would come. But the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, is now coming, there's a possibility of a pardon. How? How are you and I pardoned from our sins? How are you and I forgiven of our sins? Well, he speaks of it in verse number 78, through the tender mercy of our God. You know why you and I aren't in hell this morning? God's mercy, His mercy. Will you remember when you heard the gospel story for the first time? Let me tell you why you heard it. God's mercy. You remember when you called upon the Lord for forgiveness of sins and put your faith and trust in Christ? You know what you experienced? God's mercy. God's mercy. Why did God send His Son to this earth? Because He's a merciful God. We have a possibility of a pardon. How? Because of the mercy of God. I notice also as he continues in verse number 78, where does this mercy come from? Or how does this mercy work? Notice in verse 78 as well. Whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. The day spring is simply meaning the morning light. The day is springing. But if you'll notice, he references a day spring from on high. There is a new day dawning. There's a new day upon us. The light of the gospel that shines from heaven is upon us. And friend, aren't you thankful for that day spring Aren't you thankful for that new day? Aren't you thankful for the time the Savior came so that man could have forgiveness? Uh, He sings, and no wonder he breaks into, could you imagine if you couldn't talk for a while, and the first thing you did was just break into song? But oh, the praise that had been bundled up in him. And oh, he sings of, he praises the fact that there's a presence who's coming to fulfill the prophecies. Oh, now there's the possibility of a pardon. Friend, are you here this morning and you're carrying the weight of your sins? You're carrying the weight of the consequences? There's a pardon available. There's a pardon available through Christ. We see, thirdly, this morning, as we consider the song of Zacharias, we find the pattern in the purpose I find this interesting as he gives praise to the Son of God who is coming. He gives praise to the uh, Savior who is coming. He brings his attention at some point to the personal matter to him and his wife and to his son. 
Remember, this all came about as he's fulfilling his responsibilities and the angel Gabriel came to him and said, you're going to have a son and here is his purpose. He tells us he's saying of his purpose. I'm going to point out what that purpose is in just a moment, but I want us to see that there's a pattern in the purpose of John. What is his purpose? Look with me again in verse number 76. And thou, child, he's speaking of his child. He's speaking of John. Thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. Before he comes, you're going to go. His purpose is to go and prepare the way for him to come. To prepare the way. And if you think of the ministry of John and and think of when, he, when, when God brought him onto that scene. And the end of this chapter tells us he goes into the deserts until the time that he was to be presented and to make that way. And his message was very clear. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That was his purpose. To prepare the... But go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, verse 77, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. What was he doing? He was paving the way to say that Jesus is coming. Jesus is here. The Son of God is here. The Messiah is here. The knowledge of salvation is knowing Christ. There's the pattern in that purpose. He speaks of his son John and what would be his purpose. Let me say to you and I this morning, in John's purpose, we find a pattern to follow. We, John the Baptist, was very unique in his purpose. John, and sometime back, I, I preached six messages on the life of John the Baptist, and, and I'm reminded of the fact that Jesus said there was none greater born of woman. Let me translate that for you. He's the greatest man that ever lived in the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ. Quite a statement. We don't have the same purpose in that John was put in a specific place of time. When he would be on this earth, the same time the Lord Jesus Christ would be on this earth in his earthly ministry. But John sets a pattern in his purpose that you and I can follow. Just as his purpose was to go before the Lord and say, get ready, salvation is upon you. Get ready, the time to repent is at hand. You and I can copy that purpose because it's a pattern for our purpose. There is still a world today that needs to hear, get ready, because salvation is upon us. Get ready. You better turn from your, 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 your you need to repent of your unbelief, repent of what, you, what you're putting your belief in, and put it in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And friend, we need to tell this world that Jesus came. He was born of a virgin. We need to tell this world that he lived a sinless life and that he went to the cross of Calvary to pay the sin debt of the world. Three days later, he came forth victorious out of that grave and with the keys of death and hell. And it's because of that, we have salvation. But, but world, you better repent. He's come. He made a way of salvation, but he's coming again. And you need to get your affairs in order. You need to prepare your heart because the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. There's pattern in his purpose. What was his purpose? To give knowledge of salvation. It's never, I know what we mean when we say this, but a Christian really should never say, I just don't know what my purpose is. What's my purpose? I just don't think I have a purpose anymore. Sure you do. Jesus is coming again. If God has you here, part of the purpose for all of us is to be that voice that would say salvation is upon us. We find the pattern in his purpose. And then fourthly, in this song, we find the pathway of peace. I love this in verse number 79, to give light to them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death. We'll let those words sink in. The day spring from on high hath visited us, verse 78. Why? To give light to them that sit in darkness. This is a dark world. It's sad that it's a dark world, but the saddest thing is not the fact that it's a dark world. The saddest thing is many sit in darkness who don't have to sit in darkness. This world doesn't have to be dark. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. There are many today who are close to death and they know it. There are many today who live on this planet who are close to death and they don't know it. Death there is not just talking about the Cessation of life on this side of eternity going to, but it's talking about that eternal death. Well, if you don't know Christ and you die without Christ, boy, it's that second death, that spiritual death, and there are many in the shadow of death. Jesus came to give light in a dark world. He came to be life The end of verse 79, to guide our feet into the way of peace. This morning, if you don't know Christ, I hope some of the things that have been said, I hope they bother you. I hope, the, I hope tonight, and, and I hope you don't take this wrong, but you can just take it as it is. I hope you have a hard time sleeping tonight. Because you could be in the shadow of death and not know it. And if you don't know Christ, this is as good as it's ever going to be. That should cause us some discomfort. And this world needs to be under conviction. Because you know how to get peace from that? Well, I'll just never come back. Oh, the Holy Spirit is more than capable of keeping you under conviction. 
long after you forget my lovely face. I mean, long after that. But you know how to get peace from that? Christ. The turmoil this world lives in, and believe you me, there are many in this world who are searching. They don't even know what they're searching for, but they know they need something. They know they're not enough. They know the things they've tried have not brought peace, and there's that turmoil, and that's why we need to follow the pattern that John the Baptist has, has, has laid, and that's to tell people of the Lord Jesus Christ. But peace comes through Christ in our salvation. You know, it's a wonderful thing knowing that when you lay your head on your pillow at night, if the Lord were to take you in the middle of the night, that you're going to wake up in His presence. It's a wonderful piece of knowing. How we have our fears and we have our, have our insecurities, but there's a peace that knows that I'm born again, I'm redeemed, I belong to Him, my faith is in Christ. There's a record in heaven that, that says that I am redeemed, I, I'm, I'm perfect because I have the record of Christ. Christ's blood it speaks on my behalf and, and His blood says that I'm redeemed. There's a peace that comes from that. There's a peace that only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I hope you know that peace, and there's only one pathway of peace, and that's Christ. But you know there's also peace and, peace and service. Now, there are a lot of Christians, there are a lot of who I believe are born-again people. They have trusted Christ, and they have the peace of knowing their sins have been forgiven. They have the peace that comes with salvation as far as their eternity goes. But they do not have the peace in their everyday life because they're not serving. I believe that this Bible teaches that the Spirit of God will convict a lost person. And the, 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 the Spirit of God speaks to those that need Christ. Through, through, through a myriad of things. Eventually, that individual could get to a place where they reject the Spirit of God so much that they will no longer, the Spirit will no longer put them under conviction. And they are lost. But I also believe that for the child of God, we are saved from our sins to serve. It is true of every Christian, you should be serving the Lord. Does it not make sense to serve the one that saved you? Does it not make sense to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Does it not make sense to use the life that God gave me, the eternity that God has granted me in perfection, in living with Him, to use my life to serve Him? I can stand here today and testify that life is not always easy. Life is not always fun. Life is not always pleasant. But no matter what you go through, you can have peace in Christ of knowing that you're saved, first of all, but also of serving to guide our feet into the way of peace. Christian, this morning, are you in some turmoil? Could it be because you've neglected your salvation? What I mean by that is 
what Christ saved you to do, to be. Now, when we're saved, Christ does the changing. If you're saved this morning, you're changed. So let's live a changed life. Let's grow in a changed life. There's peace that comes from that. That's why I believe there's some Christians that no matter what they go through, they can just somehow muster a smile on their face because there's a peace that comes from Christ. You want an easy comparison and a very sobering comparison. Read the Read the final words of the of lost men. Then read the last words of saved men. Read the words of those who live life to please themselves and rejected Christ. And some go on records that in their last breaths they would speak of the torment they were already feeling as they slip from this side of eternity to the other. But yet you could read the words of martyrs as they were tied to a stake as they're burned and their life taken from them. And the glory they would speak of as the sights that they could see and the in that which they beheld, and that which waited for them. Friend, there is peace in Christ. The pathway of peace is the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, this morning as we consider the song of Zacharias, it's a very unique man, a unique story. We think of John the Baptist because we know of John the Baptist and his significance. But his father, who the angel appeared to, told him, you're going to have a child. Here's his purpose. Zacharias responded, kind of like you and I. Another message that I was started the outline, I may preach it sometime down the line, is to keep your mouth shut before you have to keep your mouth shut. Because if he had just kept his mouth shut, he wouldn't have had to keep his mouth shut for all that time. And sometimes that's good advice for you and I. When God starts dealing with you, we start giving him all the excuses and all the reasons why. I don't guess I need to preach it later. I'm preaching now. We give all the excuses of why you can't do it. It's better to keep your mouth shut before you have to keep your mouth shut. But when he could speak, what do you talk about? All the praises? Unto God. Friend, this morning, let's be reminded of who we have in Christ. This morning, let's be reminded and be confident in our Savior and who our Savior is. Let's be reminded of the purpose that we have, that He's left in the, the, the pattern, the possibility of a pardon. And friend, this morning, if you're saved, remember this, you've been pardoned. You've been pardoned. What a wonderful Wonderful reality for the child of God. You know, if you've been pardoned, that means you don't have that record. So live like you've been pardoned. 
There's peace that comes with Christ. Friend, let's make sure we know the Lord. Father, I pray this morning you'd 